Hi friends, this is Megan, and you're listening to the She Lives Purposely podcast, where we encourage women to love Jesus and live purposely in every area of life. Hi friends, and welcome back to the She Lives Purposefully podcast. My name is Megan, and I am the founder of She Lives Purposefully and the host of this podcast. And you guys, I am so excited that you're here. This episode is going to be so good. First and foremost, too, I wanted to say that if you have not subscribed to the podcast or reviewed it, I would absolutely be so encouraged if you would do that. Okay, but back to business. Friends, we have an incredible guest on our podcast today. We are going to be able to chat with Bethany Beal, who is one of the founders of Girl Defined. Um, And Bethany and Kristen run Girl Defined. And if you haven't seen their incredible encouragement and resources, you definitely should dive in. Girl Defined is a ministry and a community that guides girls into discovering God's good design for femininity together. They talk about everything girl-related that we should be talking about, like feminism, relationships, breakup, sexual struggles, culture, guys, femininity, personal struggles, the future, gender, and fashion. Girl Defined has 158,000 subscribers on YouTube and 58,000 friends in their Instagram family. So without further ado, here is Bethany. Bethany, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much. This is so fun. And, you know, we were chatting off the, off the recording just how <laughs> cool it is to be sisters in Christ and just, you know, getting to be in this modern day where we have this ability to talk to other sisters in Christ and just get to point them to Jesus. It's such a privilege and I'm so glad to be here. Oh, my gosh. No, it really is, like you said, just such a privilege. And um, like you were saying earlier, just such an incredible thing to have so many different women uh, being in this space and encouraging women. And I have to say, that Girl Defined is definitely one of my favorite of those resources that I have found online and Instagram and YouTube. Um, So why don't you tell us from your perspective, just before we jump in to our topic today, a little bit about yourself and Girl Defined um, and how it started. Yeah, so I am one I guess half of Girl Defined. So it's me <laughs> and then my sister Kristen, who are the founders of of the whole ministry. And obviously, we have amazing team members. But we, you know, we started Girl Defined Ministry it was really just out of a desire to link arms with other young women and women who are trying to follow Jesus. And we get that it's so hard because we face the challenges, the difficulties of being a Christian woman in a world that isn't about pushing us closer yeah. to Christ. And so Kristen and I, we come from a big family. We have three younger sisters. So there are five girls in our family. Obviously, grew up around lots of. Friends and just a lot of female influence. Um, And we just saw the struggle in our own lives and in our friends. And, you know, I kind of like to think of it as like a fish going upstream. It's really hard. It's the opposite direction going against the flow. And that can be really hard. And it can, you know, I I feel like it can be such a temptation to want to give up or to just want to give in or want to just stop, stop altogether following Christ. And so Kristen and I, not in any way are we perfect or have it all together, but really just as (laughs) Um, you know, like sisters saying, hey, let's do this together. So really Girl Defined is all about linking arms, saying, let's follow Jesus. We know it's hard. We know it's against the flow, but with God's grace and with each other, we can do it. And so that's where it started. And that was about seven years ago, maybe eight. I always get my years wrong, but (laughs) somewhere a few years ago, and we're still doing it today. So we started it when we were like in our mid early twenties. And now I'm 
32 and married with a little baby, which is oh. so fun. He's napping right now. So if he wakes up, <laughs> then you hear and he screams. Um, that's him. <laughs> my husband's out there, so he'll take care of him. But it's it's just amazing to see how life changes and how um, the ministry has grown. And, and now I have this opportunity to talk to your amazing community, which is such a privilege. Oh my gosh. No, we are so privileged to hear from you. And so what would you say, I guess, in all of these years of doing Girl Defined um, has been, I guess, one of the biggest topics or struggles or um, things that you have loved helping girls walk through? What has been one of those most popular um, topics, topics? Because you guys have, you know, yeah. a range of different things that you talk about sure. and all of them are just so necessary to be talking about and some of them too I think are topics that we so often shy away from um and I love that you guys reach out and talk about those things so what would you say I guess is the most popular one you know it's interesting because the most popular one is probably the one that's um like least talked about publicly Mm. so a few years ago Kristen and I we had we realized like a trend of emails dms um just kind of private messages that we were getting and like I'm not even kidding I could scroll through we've taken screenshots of the amount of emails and dms that come in with like the first words being like help I've never told this to anyone or Mm. I feel like I'm the only one struggling with this and it's oh an overwhelming just cry out saying hey I'm struggling with a certain sexual sin or just struggling to understand God's design for my sexuality I'm single why would he create me this way why would you know why why like this is so hard and so Chris and I were like oh my goodness there are so many young women and women having questions wondering about this and then we were thinking back in our own lives especially before marriage and even in marriage and thinking like yeah this is one of the topics that we had so many questions about and felt like there were so few resources for women specifically you know yeah. oftentimes in church it's like you know the guys get the the sessions on purity lust, <laughs> or dealing with pornography right. any sort of struggles and then the girls it's like totally different you know yes. like whatever they're talking about something random which isn't bad but Um, I feel like so many Christian women have just been kind of left in the dust. And because of that, they feel like this is a topic they cannot talk about because they must be the only ones. And so it was such an eye-opening experience for Kristen and I because we were like, man, like if we're not going to talk about this, who is? Um, And so we decided to anonymously survey all of the girls and the sisterhood and ask them really personal questions about just this entire area of sex, sexuality, purity, just the messages they've been taught, um, the just the things that that they've been told, the, their experiences. And we had, you know, so many hundreds and hundreds of girls fill out these surveys, young women. And we decided to basically turn the the content from those surveys into a book, which was Sex, Purity, and the Longings of a Girl's yeah. Heart. Um, and because of that, the conversation has just kind of exploded within the Girl Defined community. And anytime we post a podcast, a blog, anything, uh, film a video, anything to do with sexuality, sex, those posts and those videos get so many views because I think women are desperate to understand God's good design for them in this area. And so that's been a huge privilege and honor just to get to share about our own struggles because we want women to know they're not alone but then Mm. also to share about the redemption the hope and the the beauty that we get to find in Christ because we all need it so I would say that's definitely um one of the most wanted and um asked for topics and I love I just love that there are other women's ministries and other women now being bold and and sharing about these topics because I think we've been silent on it for too long and so Mm. to see women finding freedom and finding hope and and realizing the beauty in God's design has just been an amazing amazing experience just to to witness that alongside the girl defined sisterhood 
I absolutely love that. That's actually a conversation too that I've had with um, just some friends and talking about how scarce and and little the resources are yeah. for women in you know even just that general area of sexuality and like yeah. um, what what you know just anything. I feel like any topic that you could pinpoint into that general umbrella. I feel like women don't have enough resources on it. Um, and I remember when I was first like just um, looking into you guys and and found Girl Defined, I noticed very specifically that that was something that you guys did talked about. And I loved it because like you said, you know, it's so um, there's just not enough of it out there. And and so I just love that you guys had the heart to really step into that um, because women do need it. You know, it's not just because there's not as many resources or I guess guys hear more about it doesn't mean that you know girls don't need it also um and a ton of them like you said it's one of the most popular topics um that you guys get so it it really does speak to the fact that women need it and women need it a lot (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh yeah you know and it's such a core part of who we are and absolutely about how you know everything to me goes back to like the beginning because if we don't remember who our designer is, who our creator is, where we came from, then it's very confusing because we, mm. we all of a sudden think like, oh, Hollywood is, <laughs> they're the ones that have the, the authority right. and, or the movies or a, a, an Instagram or whoever it is that you look up to. You feel like, oh, we've only existed for our modern day and everything has come to light now. And you know, there <laughs> wasn't time before us, even though we yes. wouldn't say that, we often like believe that. Yeah. Um, and so when we go back though and remember just who our creator is in the very beginning, his design for men and women and how he created men and, you know, Adam and Eve as sexual beings in the perfect garden. You know, it's not an, it's not a fall or an accident. It's a beautiful part of his design mm-hmm. and it's so central to so much of who we are. And so I think that everything about our identity as women, if we go back to the beginning and really un- unpack Genesis and unpack just over scripture, the, the stories that he tells, um, throughout the the story of scripture and just the metaphors we'll realize so much about our womanhood and i think that that's why it's so important for us to become women of the word and not yeah. not even to just stop short at this podcast or to stop short at the resources that you and i are both offering but to become women who actually dig into the word so we can understand our identity we can know mm. okay what does god say about sex in the in the word not just what i'm hearing because if right. we don't then we'll have even our own wrong assumptions or our own wrong perspectives so i'm really excited that we're having this conversation and just you know bringing to light some of these important issues i yeah i'm excited that you guys are too i just yeah i love this so much and i want to tap into and pivot a little bit um on just the biggest thing that i want to talk about today and you briefly mentioned it um just being a woman of the word and what womanhood looks like and um femininity femininity am i saying that right yes i know it's kind of an awkward word <laughs> it's like so many ins in that word um femininity. Fem- yeah <laughs> but femininity and i remember watching a video that you guys put out and i don't remember when it was if it was recent or if it was old but really just talking about um I think the title was, Can I Be a Strong and Bold Girl if I Embrace Biblical Womanhood? And this is something that I honestly have struggled with. I think it is something that even at times I I do struggle with, you know, just this because we are so, um, culture has given us such a very loud definition of what womanhood is supposed to look like and it is so it just surrounds us um and depending on how much time we do give to the lord and how much of our thoughts and our hearts we do give to him like that message from culture can overwhelm anything that we think about womanhood um 
So just this question of like, what does basically that look like biblically? Um, I, I would love for us to dive into that today and mm-hmm. starting off with um, just the question of um, basically what would you say the world's definition of womanhood looks like? What is kind of that message that we are getting from from culture? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Krista and I, we wrote about this in our book, Girl Defined, um, and it's hard because I feel like with the rise of media and social media there and just even our access to outside resources, we are being like so inundated with messages. And I think for many of us, we don't even realize that we are coming to believe things about our womanhood and about ourselves based off of just the amount of sheer influence from just culture that we're receiving. And so I think that it's important to pause like this and ask, okay, what are the messages that we're getting and what is culture telling us that womanhood is all about? And so I think it's really interesting just to take it to like a modern day present moment. um, And this is something that I am not a fan of, but I think of just recently, you know, we had um, a huge performance by a very famous, um, very famous musician, um, singer Cardi B, and she came out with a song called WAP, and mm. to me, it's it just filled with absolutely disgusting yeah. lyrics and just a horrible representation of womanhood, but the reason I bring it up is because that's something very present day happening right now, and um, the song that she's, that she's singing, you know, has completely sexualized women made them pretty much the sum of their body parts and Mm. their performance with those body parts and basically the ultimate of womanhood is basically being on a stage with america praising you and basically presenting yourself as a sexual object and that may you may think like okay no that, that there's more than that but if you think about it it's like we as we as the society have said this is what we love. We're paying our dollars. We're putting the listens out there. We're saying, this is what we want. We're making this the song of the year, the woman of the year. We're saying you are it. Um, And we're putting our our efforts and our, (laughs) our time and our money behind it. And I think, you know, uh, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll see a song like that or other performances by by big music artists and I'm like okay do we really is this what we're really supporting but then then I think well where are all these listens coming from where are all these you know albums being purchased coming from where mm-hmm. how is this person getting to that place it's because we are, are putting them there yeah. and so I think wow if that is literally today in 2021 what we are upholding as like the epitome of womanhood um even if we wouldn't say it that's what we're our actions are even pointing to and so i think for us as women we need to take a step back and look around and say okay wow like what is being put before me and what is actually being presented as the sum of what womanhood is and i think if we're honest i think Mm -hmm. for sure it would be like climbing climbing the ladder the corporate ladder whatever it looks like for you it's not about like being a mom being a wife anything to do with your home like on the side you might hear like well yeah if you want to do that but really the pressure is for women that the only way to have purpose and value is to make something of yourself in their in their eyes Mm -hmm. it's to make something of yourself by doing anything but um valuing anything to do with the family it has to (laughs) be out it has to be climbing the ladder and then then I think it has to you know you have to be very sexualized you're all about your body um doesn't matter you know size shape it's just to sexualize yourself put yourself out there um and be that's where boldness and confidence is found by just like showing yourself Mm. um and you know there may be pushback on that but when you look out and you see what women are putting out there modern women the ones that are the most popular um when you see what kind of images they're posting is this really are these really our role models like nothing against them personally as people but just even the way that they portray themselves it's like really is that what we are are we really just 
the sum of like our bodies and our curves and how sexy we can be and how perfect our skin can look. I mean, I think that God's design for us is so much more than that. I think Mm. we're so much more than just our body parts or just how sexy we can look or how many likes we can get on Instagram or how high we can climb the corporate ladder. Um, And so that's, you know, I could go on and on, but I think if we're in our current day and our present day, um, I don't think any young woman could disagree with those messages being strongly pushed on them. So friends, if you are a diligent podcast listener, first of all, thank you. Like I'm so, so thankful. Every single one of you makes my week because you listen to the She Lives Purposely podcast. I hope you're always so encouraged by it. Second of all, you'll love that She Lives Purposely is now on Patreon, a smaller community with community posts, extra podcasts, downloadable prints, and so much more. If you want those extra podcasts exclusive to the She Lives Purposefully's Patreon community and all the rest of the good stuff that comes with it, join the community. When you support She Lives Purposefully for just $3, 5 or $15 a month, you'll get all the extra exclusive goodies. Go to patreon.com backslash she lives purposely or click the link in the show notes to learn more. Absolutely, I agree. And I agree totally in what you're saying too. And I loved the way you put it that it is almost like we have become the sum of our body, like the sum of the different parts of our body, our body parts like that makes up entirely who we are is the message that's being so promoted, whether it is blatantly or subtly. And it's so it's really it's like, I don't know what the word is. It's not funny. But it, for lack of a better word, it's funny to me <laughs> how we see so much in culture this promoting of you know like I am not just like the sum of my body and don't sexualize me but then like putting ourselves forward to be sexualized and I'm like how how this couldn't be more like contradicting but like it's coming from the same exact voices it almost to me seems like you're not really actually on top like you're still you're still submitting to what culture wants and to what like men won essentially you know what I mean but you're just putting like a higher you know Mm -hmm. price tag on it I don't know I don't know it just it yeah Yeah. it drives me it just makes me sad too because you know I think however young or old you are like this is the influence that you are getting like you can't really avoid it um and I think that's heartbreaking because then whether again like I said it's super blatant or it's subtle it does seep into our hearts and mind unless we are actively combating that Oh, I agree. You know, in in my life, there was a a big turning point for me where I I realized even as a Christian girl who grew up in a Christian family um, and was taught the word and uh, and all of that, I I didn't realize how much um, I guess I was absorbing, absorbing from the world around me and how I was living for that approval and yeah. for those accolades. And so there was a point in my early 20s uh, where, and we share this, Chris and I both had the story and we share the full story in Girl Defines. So you can read it there, but kind of the mini version is that um, I, Kristen and I both had been like active, actively recruited by different modeling agencies throughout high school. And just, you know, back in the day, there wasn't social media. So it was more like people spotting you in a store and like handing you a card. Like, right. Hey, yeah, <laughs> modeling agency, yeah. Which is not really that way these days. Um, it's a little bit more high tech, but <laughs> back in the day, that's kind of how it would work. And so, um, I remember coming to the point where I was like, man, I just remember thinking like, oh my goodness, to be a model, like mm. that would be amazing and just imagining how valuable I would feel and how much worth I would have oh my goodness you know just how my friends would think of me and you know oh my I'd probably get a you know guy and I oh it'd just be amazing and so I remember 
you know, convincing my parents, like, hey, can I just at least go to an interview? Because they were not really for it. They were like, oh, we feel like this is a slippery slope and not, right. you know, maybe the best for you as a Christian girl to tap into. There's a lot of pressures and temptations, but they were like, okay, you know, they, I guess they just decided they wanted me to see for myself what it was all about. So I remember pulling up to this, um, you know, office, modeling agent office, and I get out of my car and I go inside and I'm meeting with like the head boss or whoever he was. And I remember feeling so nervous and walking in and then, um, int- you know, he introduced himself to me and I remember sitting down in the chair and then in his office, I looked up all around and I guess it was the different models from, from his agency that they had, you know, all these huge banners and posters of. And hmm. I remember looking around and they were all, you know, basically wearing nothing like super teeny tiny clothing. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like plastering the walls, almost like wallpaper all around, I guess the pride, the pride of their work. And I remember sitting there just like, I don't know, something about it just made me feel super weird. And he um, basically went on to tell me, I guess he could sense my hesitancy. And so he told me that they, their entire job is to, you know, get models to the top and that they, you know, they're not looking for people who have, you know, basically boundaries or conviction. Like if you want to climb the ladder and if you want to be the best of the best, if you want to become a top model, you have to be willing to do whatever it takes. And so he literally told me as we were sitting there that if you know, they would rather hire someone and have someone in their agency that they would consider like less beautiful, but was willing to do more. And basically what he meant was, you know, he was saying like, you have to be basically willing to strip nude for the camera. That's right, like, right. kind of like the baseline. He's wow. like, we would rather have models who are willing to do that than ones that we would consider more beautiful, but have, have certain standards and they're not willing to go as far. Wow. And so he was basically saying like, you know what, if you have standards, we don't want you. And if you're not willing to strip nude in front of the camera, then you're not going to make it to the top. And that's what, you know, we want for our top models. And so I remember just having this like eye-opening experience of just realizing like, wow, this is not the life I want. Like I, God designed me for so much more than this. And he designed me to influence others, to point others to him. Mm to, you know, use my mind and to love others, Um, maybe one day to get married and have a family and what a noble calling those things would be. Or I could become literally another piece of wallpaper and another nude picture on Jeff's wall and another magazine for people to consume and say, wow, look at her. Like she literally look how hot her body is or whatever. And so I remember sitting there and just deciding, you know what? It was a turning point in my life, like a fork in the road. And I was like, I don't want to live for myself and to climb the ladder and live for the approval of others. I want to live for Christ and I want to follow him and, and do what would please him. And pray and ask him to to guide me and direct me and to help me become a woman who is really like the Proverbs 31 woman who pours her life out for others because that's what Jesus did and that's he's our ultimate example and so very imperfectly over the years I made that decision to definitely not go down the modeling route and had zero regret and never wanted to go back and left that building and that's a few years later when Girl Define came into existence and I have just never been more fulfilled and thriving and encouraged to live my life not just getting all the things I want but living it to point others to Jesus and to link arms with the sisterhood and to say hey we are going counter you know in a different direction but it's so worth it because God designed us for so much more than just living for the approval of others Um, and so I know each woman Mm -hmm. and girl has to have that that moment where she decides like who am I living for am I living for the approval of others around me or am I going to live for the approval of God and when you have that decision and you make that decision to live for the approval and for the glory of God alone it radically changes everything about your womanhood because it's no longer about living to please others it's about God and so that you can open God's word and you can dig into God's word and it will no longer be like 
offensive because you want to please him. You want to live for him. You love his design. You love mm. what he has to say because you know ultimately it's for your best. So that's just an encouragement I want to give to the listener to just think for you know think through that. Like, have I made that decision? Have yeah. I decided to live for the glory of God alone, or am I still kind of dabbling in that place of wanting to please other people? And when you can make that cut and say, okay, I'm going to live for God's glory, life really does become easier in that sense because you're finally free from the weight of others opinions right and I love that you worded it that way too that you are free from that weight because I think and like you you even touched on this when you were talking that sometimes when we read about God's design it can especially with the message that we receive from culture it can seem almost insulting or just like offensive in a way um (laughs) and so but then on the flip side you know, we're promised so much like freedom in our sexuality and all those things. And I remember watching a video years ago and I couldn't even tell you who made the video or who was in it, but it was basically the skit of these women going in for a, um, an acting role. And it was the main character, the main female of this film. And basically the directors were like, okay, so we would love for you to be like crying. Like this is a really emotional scene. So she starts weeping. And then they're like, actually, could you do it like a little prettier? You know, like just very like all these little expectations. And then there was one line that really got me. And she was like, you know, she's like sexy. She's a virgin, but she's obsessed with sex. Like just this complete contradiction or like she's really strong, but like she hasn't eaten all day. Like just, you know, these different things that um, they kind of have set up for women to just consume and really strive to be like and and we're told that that's freedom but really it's so we're, we're kind of chained you know when when we are trying to live up to those expectations instead of what God is actually calling to which is actually despite what the world could say about it is is not offensive at all and is actually the thing that is the most freeing um and I would love for you to so now that we're kind of diving into what the Lord has for us um and just as opposed to what the world has for us um dive into what you think maybe some misconceptions are about biblical womanhood and what that looks like Mm, misconceptions (laughs) (laughs) I like that so I think that probably the biggest misconception about biblical womanhood is that it's wimpy, weak, and that if you embrace biblical womanhood, that you are literally going to leave your brain at the door um, and you don't need it. And you're going to just be Mm. this wimpy woman who is a pushover and doesn't do anything. But I think that um, the reason that that is such a misconception is because think about what is the hardest thing to do in life. It's the hardest thing to do is to go against the popular flow of what's happening. You know, I mean, think about how hard it is. Like, even if you're like high school or college, you're at a workplace and everyone is doing something or going somewhere and you're like, oh, I know I shouldn't be talking about this or doing this, mm. or I really don't want to go to that place after this. And how hard is it to be the one that stands up and says, um, you know, no, I'm not going to take part in that. It's awkward. It can be embarrassing. People can make you feel like you're such a loser. And I know we've all had experiences like that. So when it comes to biblical womanhood it's like you're telling me that living counterculturally living in like basically in a different way than what is being upheld and praised is is wimpy and mm. weak like in my opinion it takes so much guts and gumption and um just so much strength from god to embrace and live out or just to even applaud god's design for womanhood yeah. and in in my opinion from what i see in scripture like especially if you go to some of these key passages like i said in the beginning if you haven't read genesis in a long time i really encourage you to go back to genesis 1 and 2 because it really gives us so much insight into when god created adam and eve in the perfect garden just kind of his design his creation his order um and we see how beautiful that is and instead of being offended 
offended by his order and being offended by the differences that he made between Adam and Eve and male and female. We see the beauty and the function and how they, when they're done rightly, how they operate well together. Yeah. Um, but I think that when it comes to misconceptions, for sure the top one would be that biblical womanhood is wimpy. Um, and like I think of my own life, and I'm sure you know you can probably make and think of it too. Like <laughs> wow. The times where living out biblical womanhood has taken sacrifice, has taken um, just so much of laying down your own pride because you're not getting the praises, you're not getting the accolades. And in one area specifically that has been an extra challenge for me recently, um, I, you know, think that God's design for family is beautiful. I think that God's design for women specifically being the ones to um, bring the life into the world um, and just that, that. Um, physical aspect of our design, how beautiful it is, and whether we can personally carry children full term or not, just that the design points to so much more. So whether it's through adoption or something else, I think that it just is points to the fact that God chose women of, you know, he could have made it any way, but he chose women. I mean, think of Mary, Mm -hmm. um, he chose her to literally carry and bring the savior into the world. And then he chose women as the ones that would beautifully bring children into this world to nurture them, to nurture those relationships. And instead of viewing that as like, oh, this is wimpy, this is weak, this is less than, it's the opposite. It's that's such a misconception. It's hard and it takes bravery mm. and boldness and courage to be the, the ones that get to do that. And so being a new mom myself, it's, I've had such a temptation and such a struggle of wanting to, um, you know, just, I guess, put myself first or to, um, just almost even be tempted to buy into this message of like, okay, this is so unfair. Why do I have to be the one to, to do all this extra work? Why do I, you know, I'm, I'm feeding my baby with my own body and I, you know, my body, I burst it out of my, it's so hard, you know, but just instead of saying like, oh, this is unfair or this is bad because it's different remembering like wow no this is beautiful and God chose women to be the ones that get to do this and what a beautiful role it is to be a mother Mm. and to be a wife and it's not less than God created us equally valuable but purposely different and instead of fighting against that and saying like okay this is bad I get to lean into that and say what a unique difference and what a beautiful thing that I get to bring into the world that men cannot do and cannot uh, ever do because it's God's beautiful design so I think when we view womanhood instead of viewing it as wimpy weak less than because it's different we need to view it as strong and courageous and bold and beautiful leaning into those unique aspects and just realizing how much strength it takes to sacrifice in that way um, and what a beautiful role that we get to carry out by being women I love that and I love what you said too equally valuable but purposefully different and just yeah very intentionally created different and that's such a such a beautiful thing and I think a message just like you're saying now but um a message that can get so lost when we are striving to be the same as what men can do um and just be the same in all these different ways but um we can totally lose sight of the fact that the Lord created us purposely and he created us for a reason and he created us so distinctly from from any other thing that he created for a reason, which is so beautiful. Um, I love to, and I'd love to talk a little bit about kind of this idea that um, I guess a Christian woman kind of like you said, needs to check her brain at the doors and, you know, just has to be quiet 24 seven and can't have an opinion whatsoever or make any bold moves, you know, um, or, you know, just be a leader of any kind. Even, you know, we see like Queen Esther and like Ruth and just all these different people that really were, were raised up in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but but somehow I think it can be so easy to think that God wants us to just be quiet and never speak up again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, it's fair to say that there have been a lot of extreme messages coming from the, you know, so, you know, so-called like Christian community or religious community yeah. that have um, twisted God's word. So I think that there are definitely women that I know and have interacted with where the God's word was used against them definitely. or, you know, just not used properly. So I definitely want to acknowledge that. But when we look at the word and we actually see what does God say and who are the women that he upholds and literally even put into the lineage of Jesus, who are those women and how did he treat women when he was here on, mm, on earth? Yeah. It's radically different than, you know, than the, the standard message of like, oh, the Bible is so oppressive to women. You know, it's, it's a really amazing just how Jesus himself interacted with women. But you mentioned a few, and I think of Esther, you know, like you said, she literally was chosen for such a time as this to literally save the Jewish people. God could have chosen anyone, but he chose a woman to be in that position. And literally the entire, the entire people was resting on her shoulders of being an incredibly, incredibly brave and courageous woman. And we obviously can read all about that in the book of Esther. Um, I I like to think of Rahab, you know, if we think, Oh, God only wants these perfectly put together women who have never had an issue and are just, you know, these, okay, like I'm brainless and I'm just going to do whatever, whatever I need to. But I think of Rahab, she was literally a former prostitute mm-hmm. and she saw God for who he was and said, I wanted to live for the one true God. And she literally put her life on the line, risking her life to save the Israelites and to help them. And ultimately she was put into the lineage of Jesus. And so if you think like, well, God's a prude and he doesn't even know what sex is. It's like God <laughs> uses anyone and forgives anyone. And it has such redemption yeah. that he, he Amen. chosen any women to be in his lineage and he chose Rahab to be in the lineage of Jesus, a former prostitute. And the list goes on. I mean, I think of just, you know, Ruth, you mentioned, and you can read all about these in the Bible. You can even just Google it like Ruth from the Bible and you can find it. Or Abigail, who was such a wise woman, ended up, you know, marrying a David and who just she, her whole story is incredible. So I really encourage you to go and listen to the story of Abigail, but it doesn't stop there. You know, it doesn't just stop with these stories. Um, it goes so much further than that. And especially if you go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and you look in the gospels and you see how Jesus interacted with women you see the woman who came and you know was weeping before him and Jesus is sitting there with these other religious leaders who aren't seeing Jesus for who he is but this woman he uses this you know woman who had a very very rough life rough past and she comes in and she is it's so shameful like how dare you even be in the presence of women and now this outcast woman Mm. and Jesus uses her as an example to say no she is the one who knows she is the one who is saved she understands who I am and all of you you're you're trying to give me all these fancy dinners and meals but you you don't even know who I am and she is willing to give it all like she doesn't care she doesn't have the pride and you know just arrogance of these other religious leaders she is you know so brave going in there knowing that she could literally be killed saying I know the one true God and I'm going to sacrifice all to worship him and so just oh my goodness or even thinking of Jesus when he rose from the dead and he chose women to be the first ones to find that he was no longer there that he had risen and to be the first ones to proclaim that message and the story just goes on and Mm -hmm. on of different examples of women being bold women being courageous god using women um so i think if we're honest and we go to scripture and we see how god uses women to me it's exciting and invigorating and obviously i have naturally a very bold personality (laughs) and I love leading and I love, you know, I just love all of that. Um, but I think that it's strength under control and it's not just Mm. my way or the highway. It's a strength that says, how can I glorify God and make his name great and not my name great. And so that's ultimately where our strength and boldness and courage for every human, Mm. obviously, but for women, 
that's that should be our personal desire to say god you have made me a strong woman you've given me such courage or you you know you have made me with a desire to want to just serve behind the scenes however god has made you just kind of that natural bent to instead of saying how can i use this for myself or how can i make this about me instead say i'm going to use this strength and i'm going to use this life for God's glory. And I think that has to be the ultimate goal. Just like mm. Mary, you know, the mother of Jesus, when she found out that she was, the angel came to her and said, you are going to bring the savior into the world. She literally, you know, said, I am your servant, like do with me as you will. And I think that should be our heart. And that's where freedom is found when we lose our life for Christ's sake. It's like, then Amen. we will find it. The Bible talks about that. So it's a very backward message than what we're hearing from the culture, but it's true. Like, just like Jesus, he came not to be served, but to serve. And that should be our same desire. I love that. And that was actually tapping into my next and our last question as we wrap up here is what does the Bible actually call women to be like and what does it actually look like to to really um, just be a woman of the word? And I love everything that you were saying and, and just tapping into the things that the Lord has naturally made you to be, whether it's bold or wanting to be behind the scenes, but making sure that all of those things, the goal of that is to bring glory to the Lord and... Um, and I remember watching in, in a video that you guys talked about this too, just really emphasizing things throughout Proverbs 31 and um, I think it was Titus 2 and um, just talking about being hospitable and wise and loving and respecting our husbands and, you know, loving and caring for children and, um, you know, working hard. And, and one thing that I think, um, because we've talked a lot about it today, that really stuck out to me is pursuing purity and being pure of heart and mind and, um, and all of those things. So I just, yeah, I love that you were talking about um, just the, that we can be, you know, the way that God created us to be. Um, and, and as long as we are really just glorifying him and, and following him and what he might have for us, like, I think that summed up, that can be what biblical womanhood can look like. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I love that you pointed out, um, Proverbs 31 and Titus 2. And obviously there, you know, every human are there, we're all made in the image of God. So we all have that in common and we all need Christ's redemption and forgiveness. We all need the gospel. Mm. Um, men don't need it more and women don't need it more. We all need it equally, we're all made equally valuable, but like I said, purposely different. So when you go to passages where it talks about men specifically or women specifically, those are really honestly a little bit of the secondary, um, I guess callings because we are all called to live for him, yes. to glorify God, whatever we do, whether we eat or drink, do it all for the glory of God to Amen. point others to him, to make disciples that's our first and foremost calling so we have to make sure that we are focused on Christ and that's our bullseye first because if that's not there then really just trying to live out actions it's going to be with the wrong heart mm. so I think before you get to Proverbs 31 Titus 2 we're just going back to Genesis 1 and 2 or even reading about uh, you know the in the gospels how Jesus interacts with women and how he talks about them I think it's important to remember okay what is my bullseye and what is my main focus and for any of us that's to live for God and to glorify him and so I think that that's the most important thing. But yeah, in Girl Defined, our book, we actually, uh, you know, in um, one of the chapters, we talk about like God's roadmap to, you know, kind of like God defines success, not our success. And it's it's kind of a long list, so I won't go through it all, but it's really just going through Proverbs 31 and Titus 2 um, and passages like that and saying, okay, what are the specific things? Once I have my bullseye right, right, what are some specific things that God has called me to do? And one of the first things we point out is from Proverbs 31, how she fears the Lord 
board. Mm. Then we go down the list just talking about specific things that really can be. So many of them are called for men and women, but things that God specifically calls us as women to do. Um, one of them is that she welcomes hospitality, um, that she teaches with kindness, um, that she takes great care of her home and family. Um, in Titus 2, we see that she, you know, is focused on, you know, loving her husband, loving her children. It's something that doesn't come naturally, you know, but that God wants us to do, um, to show respect to our husband, to not be lazy and idle with our time, to um, mentor younger women. There are so many things specifically that God calls us to do. Um, and so once we have that foundation right, I think it's amazing then to go to Titus 2, then to go to Proverbs 31 yeah. and to read it with that perspective, because I think we'll take it in so differently. If we don't have the proper foundation, um, then will probably be offended or like I don't want that or I don't like that but when we have our foundation right we're like oh it's about you God and here are some specific ways that I can honor you if you call me to that season and ways that I can live for you as a woman so I would encourage you to make sure you have your foundation right like ask yourself who am I living for and who who am I trying to point people to and once Mm. I have that right then I can go to those specific passages and grow from there I love that. I love that. And I think that is so important. Just always going back to, like you just said at the end there, like, who am I living for? And what is just my whole life dedicated to? Because then there are different things that the Lord calls specifically man, men and women to that I think on both sides of the aisle, even that we might not want to <laughs> abide by or, or tap into or live like, but um, when we know that we're living for Christ and we have that, like you said, as our bullseye and, and glorifying God, then everything else comes afterwards. Um, and like you said, I think it makes it then a little bit easier to, to live the way that God has called us specifically to live. I love everything that you're saying so much, Bethany. Thank you so much for hopping on this podcast and um, just sharing with us all of your straight up wisdom about womanhood and um, femininity <laughs> um, and all, all those good things. We so appreciate you being here. Oh, well, thank you for having me on. And I, like I said in the beginning, I love that you're having these conversations because they're not always necessarily the most popular, but yeah. it's conversations we need to have. And it's really, like we said, where freedom is found. So I just appreciate you, Megan, and just your whole community. She lives purposefully. I'm, I'm just really honored to have had the opportunity to be here. You are so sweet. Um, and just before I let you go, could you just share with the listeners um, maybe some resources from Girl Defined that you think would really help them with this? I know you've brought up a couple um, as just we've been chatting and to where they can find Girl Defined and just be blessed by everything that you are offering. Absolutely. Well, you know, there are so many free resources. If you go to our website, girldefined.com, or look up on YouTube at Girl Defined, we've created so many videos and have released so many posts um, that just dig into this. So if you want something free right away, definitely go and just scour those resources or go to our, our podcast, The Girl Defined Show. But if you're like, I want to take a deep dive, I really want to dig deeper, almost everything that we were talking about today um, comes from my book, Girl Defined, God's Radical Design for Beauty, Femininity, and Identity. And I think that is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's the first book we wrote but it's the book I recommend most the starting place because if we don't understand our identity who we're living for why God made us as women it's going to be really hard to move on to the next <laughs> the next topic so yeah. you can go grab a copy of Girl Defined um, and you can get that at girldefined.com I love it well thank you so much for hopping on it was such a pleasure thank you 
Thank you so much for listening to today's conversation. I would love to hear what you thought about the podcast on Instagram at she lives purposefully and to rate and review us wherever you're listening from. It really helps us to serve you guys better and just lets us know what you're thinking and feeling and what you're looking for even. Um, so feel free to do that. And also tell your friends about the podcast. Let them know if it's been an encouragement to you, go and encourage them with it. Thank you so much again for listening. I love you friends.